Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jared Mizrak. And today we've got a pretty cool episode for you guys. We're, we're going to start off, as we always do, some news. But then after that, with the NFL draft quickly approaching um, in a little under a week, we're going to give you our mock draft for this last year. So we're going to keep the tradition up and do it again this year. With that being said, let's move on to news. And we're actually going to start off um, in soccer today, where a lot of stuff has gone down since we've last talked. Um, JR, uh, explain. Well, um, it's kind of it's it's been in the talks um, a lot more in the shadows than it is now. But the European Super League, which is essentially a forever Champions League, almost where a you know it's a season played in a Champions League caliber. Um, league with teams from England, uh, Spain, Italy. Um, and when I say that, I don't mean that's going to happen because it was actually a huge controversy. And if uh, you pay attention to soccer at all, I'm sure you've heard of it, Ethan. I think uh, as soon as the news broke, we were already talking about it. But uh, it lasted about two days and mainly lasted about two days. You know, Florentino Perez, who's the president at Real Madrid, um, is still trying to get people on board, but all of the English clubs, which is the big six, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United, and Liverpool have all pulled out. Um, as far as I'm aware, I think Barcelona, Real Madrid, and I think it's one of the Italian teams is still um, like for it, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. Bar- Barca's like saying they're considering all options right now. And then I think... I. There could be one Italian te- team. From what I know, I thought all the Italian teams pulled out as well. But I'm not – I can't 100% confirm that. I'm under the impression that there are three teams that are still in the Super League, and I don't think it's Atletico Madrid. Okay. But I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but, yeah, it sparked a lot of controversy just because of um, – you know, a lot of people thought it was based on money and – I guess you could say it really was because it kind of looks that way. And the more and more I kind of look into it, a lot of it seems to be coming from that Real Madrid, that Spain side, which they seem to be having some money problems as of late. Um, so with the Super League, it'd be a way to give them more revenue and essentially help that problem. Um, Ethan, I think we should probably go over our opinions. I want to hear what you have to say first on the whole entire situation. Just the opinion on the Super League? Yeah, in general. Um, I'm not a big fan of teams getting automatically, like, if they're founding, they automatically get to stay even if they're, like, last place. Like, if you're last place, you should be relegated or you should not be allowed to come back the next year. But with that proposal, all, like, 12 or so of those teams, I think, would stay every year regardless of how well they do, which I don't really think is fair to, I guess – if you made the other five teams like work for their spots or like the other, what is it? Eight teams or whatever. Um, And then also like um, there was also a lot of like outcry, especially actually the big one was in England from all the um, premier league fans on, on this. And I guess they just didn't like it. I I was never really a big fan of it. I wasn't like a hundred percent against it. I think if they maybe tweaked a couple things, or like maybe everyone could get relegated, then maybe you could consider it. But that's the big thing for me. I mean, personally, I guess 
I wouldn't consider myself a fan, but I, I do actually like the idea. And a lot of the controversy came up with, you know, UEFA and FIFA and all of the, you know, restrictions that would be on these players and teams when it came to, uh, you know, like foreign competition or, or not foreign, international competition and stuff like the Champions League, where it was essentially a competing, uh, a competitor. And um, I just, I, I, I see where people are coming because, you know, those are the two governing bodies that have been around for a, long, a while. But at the same time, I really don't see the problem with them having that competition and a lot of the money claims. I mean, yeah, maybe they're making more money there. They're the biggest clubs in the world outside of, you know, bringing in PSG or the two dominant uh, German clubs. But I just don't see the problem. I think it's good soccer. Um Obviously, I do have a little bit of a problem with the whole system of how the teams that get to play there are chosen, I guess. But at the same time, at the same time, when you talk about relegation, yeah, maybe. And I'm sorry to all Arsenal fans, but if Arsenal finishes last, although they're the worst team in that Super League, if they get relegated, now I guess you can't say it this year because they're doing pretty bad in the Premier League. But if they go back to their regular, you know, country league they're going to be a really good team and they're probably going to earn promotion back up. So I don't know. I, I really don't think it's a bad idea. I think if you could get it worked out the right way, I think we definitely could see something like that in the future. You're but kind of, You're kind of in my boat where if you maybe tweak a couple things, it could work. I guess. I mean, really the only thing I would tweak is the, the idea of the, it being – a problem of competition. That's fair. Yeah. If you could, if you could work with the English Football Association and UEFA and FIFA and just you know get it down so that it, it works all together, I'm completely fine with it. Then it's just a matter of I don't understand the big competition between it. Yeah. So that's why the, the the weird thing was that that I mean everyone everyone like like all like all, all those teams joined the Super League in one day, then two leaves two days later all of them left. Um, that was, and I mean even like I think the Prime Minister of um, the United Kingdom was even against it. So like there were definitely a lot of people against it. It was definitely, yeah. it's definitely one of the most controversial things of the week. So yeah, it that's pretty much what's been happening in soccer that's pretty much been taking up soccer the past week or two yeah i mean obviously the the normal competitions have been going on i mean the premier league all the all the big five leagues have been going on still and uh i think they're assessing possible penalties right now to the teams that declared for the super league um i see i don't i don't like that why why give them a penalty they didn't even do it but they didn't do it but it was the declaration of it. I mean, but still, you got them to come back. Congratulations. You have to penalize them for coming back. You don't think so? No. But they tried to break up that league. They never tried to break up the Premier League. Yes, they did. The Super League would have taken... They would have gotten done the Super League in place of the Champions League. But that wasn't how the deal was worked out. I don't know. No, I think if they join, if they like, 
I don't think that anyone really officially joined it. Yeah, they, declared that they, were going, no, like, they declared they were going to, but no one officially ever did. No, yeah, when they declared, that's them joining it. It never actually happened. Like, the games didn't actually happen. The competition didn't actually happen. But when they declared for it, that's them joining the Super League. I don't know. I, I, that's how I see it, at least. Um, yeah, but outside of that, I mean, that's really what soccer's been like. Obviously, like I said, all the leagues are going on. Um, big controversy when it came to the Champions League with PSG being the only team that was not involved in the Super League as the last team in the Champions League. They were the only team in the Champions League not involved with this. Um, so a lot of people thought that there might be a... Um, I don't know the right word for it, just like automatic win, I guess, because of the fact that these, the three other teams, Chelsea, um, Real Madrid, and I believe Man City, right? Yeah. That they were, you know, going to go to the Super League, obviously, you know, we talked, we, we've just talked about this for like the past five, six minutes, and the end result is absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. It kind of seems ironic, but. Yeah, it, it's definitely a huge part of news. Probably the biggest thing I think to happen in yeah, it's, sports it's, it's, world this it's week. The biggest piece of news we have today. Um, so I guess where do we want to go? College football. Honestly, when you're talking about college football, um, I don't see too much going on, and it's been it's been the same way for a couple of weeks now. I mean, uh, teams, like the, I will say teams, teams are having their like classic like. I guess spring day games, those are starting up or um, a lot of teams have those, but those, I guess, are going on. We haven't really like nothing too exciting to happened yet. So this is kind yeah. of a time for college football. So and I, I will note that I have, uh, I mean, I haven't watched the spring games, but I have seen videos of them. And from what I've seen, most of these stadiums have fans in it. So it, it's good to see the fans back in um well, back in the arenas. I will even say, like, a lot of the SEC teams are considering having 100% capacity back at the start of next year, which could be very interesting, seeing if they're even allowed to do that. I don't know. I mean, I don't see why not, technically. I, I don't see – yeah, exactly. I mean, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, all right, NBA. Um, again, there's, there's not a super big – amount of getting close to an end yeah i mean we're like 60 games through so we're coming down to the last quarter of the season um you know it it it, there's not much going on like the season just kind of going through it's going about as well as i expected it to um i do make a note so Look at the Western Conference standings. You may see the Lakers not doing too hot. Now, if you haven't, if you don't know why, it's because they're they've pretty much been out without LeBron and AD the past how long? Weeks. Exactly. So if if you're a Lakers fan and you're kind of concerned about that, but you don't really pay attention, don't worry. LeBron and AD are, have not been playing, and they said they should be good for playoff time. So. I mean, the Lakers did beat the Jazz in overtime, but that's neither here nor there. Whatever. We love Mitchell. It's fine. So? We love Mitchell. So? You, you, got to play, you got to play the reigning champions without their two best players who are both We didn't have any more players. We didn't have Gobert. 
Clarkson. They all sat out. They didn't have injuries. There was no COVID. They just. I just saying, Gobert would have been in there. We would probably have won. I don't think you can say that. Because we didn't have we didn't have a center. Derek Favors and Gobert both sent out, which gave Andre Drummond like a wide open thing the lane. Whose fault is that? It wasn't injury. It wasn't COVID. Yeah, but if if I'm saying in the playoffs, that game would have been very different. I don't know about that. All right, whatever. Um, anything else NBA or do you want to go to college basketball? Um, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of both here, but um, Michael Foster, who's a, a prep forward uh, from, I believe, Phoenix, Phoenix Hill or Phoenix Hillcrest Prep School. Um, and the reason I say this is kind of college and um, NBA news is because he's one of those kids that are going to go play in the G League next year uh, for the Ignite team, uh, choosing over Florida State and Georgia. So it is college news, but not really. And it is NBA news, but it's the G League. Um, but yeah, I think he's the first one to announce going into the Ignite League. Obviously, there's number two overall prospect, Jaden Hardy, who uh, his decision should be coming out here soon, but I think they do have to decide soon because, like, May 1st is, like, the official day you can decide where you're going to college. So, that's probably, like, probably the last day these guys can decide. So, there's still a couple guys, but we'll we'll get into that when we get to college basketball. Which, honestly, we probably could get into right now. So, I guess I'll I'll do a recruiting big piece of news. Last time we talked, the number one overall recruit, Chet Holmgren, has officially committed to Gonzaga, I mean – JR, I know you were saying this the whole time. He's going to go to Gonzaga, and everyone's saying he is. Um, so there's really no shock in that. No, it's not a shock at all. Um, I think it is interesting to see. Obviously, I, I think we've touched on Michigan's recruiting class and how they're number one, and it's a phenomenal recruiting class. But Gonzaga's number two right now, and a lot of it is because of Hunter Salas and Chet Holmgren, but I'm surprised they didn't jump Michigan with them. Um, a perfect 1.0 five-star recruit. I mean, Chet Holmgren is arguably, I mean, until Imani Bates comes in, I think he's a little bit better, but I mean, he's arguably the best college prospect I think I've seen here in the last, since I've paid attention to sports. And yes, that is over Zion Williamson, Ethan. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I guess some sad news um, in the past week, um, former Kentucky player Terrence Clark um, unfortunately passed away in an automobile accident um, in Los Angeles. He he was getting ready for the draft at the time, so our thoughts got to him, his family, and just the Kentucky basketball program in general. Um, what else we got? Um, I mean, I'm looking at ESPN's college basketball thing, an interesting piece of news. Uh, Cameron Crutwick will not come back to Loyola, Chicago. He's going to turn pro. Obviously, he's the uh, the center who is uh, the anchor of this year's Loyola Chicago team. He was also part of the Cinderella story Loyola Chicago team uh, back a couple years ago, but he has announced that he will be turning pro. Um, I do have a little bit of news. Obviously, with this whole transfer situation and COVID and the extra year and everything, you're seeing a lot of players transfer. And I've got, you know, a list of about 12 or so of some I would consider big transfers. Um, Chris Beard, I think this is really where the center of this is. 
both Kyler Edwards and uh, Jacob Peavy from Texas Tech will be staying in state, but transferring Edwards to Houston and Peavy to TCU. Um, I know we talked about this when he entered into the transfer portal, Ethan, but Boogie Ellis, the Memphis guard who originally was committed to Duke, and you really thought that you might be able to get him again. Uh, he's announced that he's going to be going to USC. Sticking with the idea of Chris Beard, um, he's already got, he's coming into a good Texas Tech team, or sorry, he's coming out of Texas Tech, going to a good Texas team. He's now picked up Timmy Allen, transfer out of Utah, Devin Askew, transfer out of Kentucky, and Christian Bishop, transfer out of uh, Creighton. I think he might step right into Texas and uh, give him a fighting shot, as much as that pains me to say. Uh, but Based on the guys that transferred, Texas Tech could be in a little bit of trouble next year. I don't know how good the recruiting class coming in is, but... Um, staying in the Big 12 then, Brady Manick, uh, Oklahoma forward. He's going to be transferring over to UNC. Ethan, you'll have to see him twice next year. Right. Um, but good news for you, Garrison Brooks, who was all or the ACC player of the year in the preseason, uh, will be transferring out of UNC to Mississippi State. Um, the second UNC big man to transfer out in as many weeks, obviously Walker Kessler going to Auburn. And Dayron um, Schwartz declaring for the draft. Well, yeah, but I'm not counting that as transferring out, but you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right, though. Um, this one's interesting, and I only say it's interesting because I think it's kind of funny that the school that he transferred to is in the same conference of the team that made him famous. Um, Tanner Groves. Ethan, do you recognize that name? It may, it's very familiar. It's the Lumberjack on Eastern Washington. Ah. Him, both him and his brother are transferring to Oklahoma. I guess he was not, uh, I guess he wasn't content with losing to Kansas. So he's going to go play in the Big 12 and maybe pull yeah. off a, yeah, maybe pull off a big uh, win there against Kansas. Um, even well, more. That's because Goldwire's going there. I think you're probably going to bring that up. So I'm sorry if I ruined your thunder, but. No, I wasn't going to say anything about that. I don't think he's notable enough. Fair. Um, staying in the Big 12, Emmett Matthews, uh, Washington, West Virginia going to Washington, honestly. Um, you know, West Virginia fan here. Um, not a big fan of Emmett Matthews, so. Mm-hmm. Not exactly the most upsetting transfer. Have you talked about Mac McClung yet? I I don't know, but it's so up in the air that I don't even know what to say. Okay, so I'll, so basically Mac McClung entered the transfer portal and the draft. He has now said he's not going to be in the transfer portal. So he's either going to stay at Texas Tech or declare for the draft. At this point, with all the transfers and Chris Beard leaving, I don't know why you would stay at Texas Tech. I mean, you'll probably be the star player. So maybe you get some more exposure that way, but. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um, and then last last piece of Big 12 transfer news, James Akinjo. Um, he was a guard at Georgetown, transferred to Arizona last year, and is now transferring into Baylor. So the Bears lose Davion Mitchell, but bring in James Akinjo, who I'm not saying is as good as him, but it's definitely a good replacement for Baylor. Um, and then last three transfers I have here, uh, Miller Kopp, who is 
Northwestern's uh, star player. He's going to be transferring in conference to Indiana. Uh, Cameron Fletcher, who is one of Kentucky's many players that were new last year, is going to go be a new player at Florida State. And Ethan Duke Blue Devils, Jamin Brakefield, is going to be transferring to the SEC in Ole Miss. Um, big pickup for the uh, the Rebels. You know, that's, that's a former five-star right there. And Ole Miss doesn't usually pick up five stars. Hold on, we're, we're, we're talking about Duke's big pickup. That's not a big pickup. He's not notable, dude. He played terrible last year. Who do you think I'm talking about? Well, we're talking about transfers, and Theo John transferred into Duke. Yeah. That's not a big pickup, dude. He had, like, six points last year. I mean, yeah, that's fair. But he, he won't be starting for us, so. Because Mark Williams said he's coming back, so hallelujah. I know Henry Coleman transferred out, too. Yeah, which I was actually kind of upset about. I liked him. But yeah, that is my long list of transfers that have happened in the last week and a half or so. Um, I'm sure it'll grow even more as time goes on. And like I said, I feel like May 1st is like the last day you kind of decide college stuff. And still, I'd say Jaden Hardy and Patrick Baldwin are like the big two left that haven't officially decided where they're going yet, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, like Hardy's all but certain to go. Um, to the G League, and their Patrick Baldwin, it's most likely going to be U- University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, but there are some Duke rumors there, but we'll see. I had, yeah. to, I had, to, throw in. I had to throw it in just because I, I want him. So I, I do want to point out, Ethan, May 15th is actually the final signing date. Oh, because May 15th is the day to decide. Okay, May 15th, so they still have a little over a month. Yeah, a little less than a month, Ethan. Less than a month, my bad. I was about to say, I was like, what is he talking about? It's not you. Yeah. Um, so is that it for college basketball, JR? Uh, I think so. Like I said, it's really just a bunch of transfers because of that extra year of eligibility. That's really what's been going on since the national championship. Um, yeah. Um, NHL, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, we've had our first two uh, playoff clinches out of the West Division. Both Vegas and Colorado have clinched a uh, playoff spot. Colorado did it in 43 games, so that's pretty impressive. I think Vegas did it in 45. But, yeah, those are your first two playoff teams. I mean, the playoff races are kind of set um, everywhere except for the East, but I'm not surprised by that because – that's, that's pretty much the Metro, and the Metro, in my opinion, is always the deepest division there. But, I mean, the top three teams in the Central are pretty clear of fourth place. The top three teams in the North, there's the same same thing in the West. Um, obviously, that fourth team does go, and there's a little bit of, I guess you could say, debate with who might get that fourth seed in each division. But, you know, the playoff picture is pretty set when you're talking about those three outside of the East, obviously. Um. Outside of that, I don't really I mean Patrick Marlowe. I guess this is actually pretty big. Patrick Marlowe um, is now the all-time games played leader in NHL history, breaking Gordy Howe's record. Um, he's done a few stints at different places. I believe he's played. I mean, yeah, he started in San Jose. Um, I know he's played in Pittsburgh a little bit. He played in Toronto a little bit. Um, 
I think that's actually it. But yeah, he's 41, still kicking around in the NHL. Now is sole leader of games played, so that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, that's really it. Um, All right. Yeah. MLB. I mean, MLB's been going on. Um, not not an insane amount of news like the season just started obviously i think we're like 10 15 games through yeah so nothing really, nothing really set in stone yet and based on like teams are doing well and stuff because it's, it's too early to tell at this point yeah um although i do want to point out one thing and you know big news this past off season fernando tati's huge contract that he got big news this offseason francisco lindor the big contract that he got well, Ethan, if you went and looked at their batting averages, do you want to take a guess what you might see? Maybe not as good as their contract says they should be. Uh, that's an understatement. Um, I'm pulling up Tatis's batting average here. He's just above .2. Um, oh, man. And then I believe Lindor is not too much better. Um, yeah, he's actually the exact same batting average 0.204 um that's not good at all and you definitely should not be getting paid that much money to go bat 0.20 that's honestly unacceptable and a waste of uh, money for both those teams they i mean now granted tatis did have the shoulder dislocation um i believe that's what it was so i guess you can have an excuse there but Lindor has absolutely nothing. There's no reason he should be playing this bad. He's just – he's not been worth the money the last 15 games that the Mets have played. That's fair. Um, I guess that's it for them. will be at UFC. Um, no, no news that's already happened. However, it is Saturday, April 24th, and I know we will be posting today, so the fights will have not happened by the time this is out. But – huge card. I think I've obviously mentioned it probably in the last two podcasts because of how big it is, but Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru Usman are fighting. Uh, obviously, that's their second fight in what I hope to be a good trilogy. Um, I hope Jorge Masvidal gets the title there because I'm, I'm a fan of his, so fan of his third fight. Um, and then you also have Valentino Shevchenko, um, a title holder in the women's division. I believe she's fighting up against Jessica Andraj, um, who's by no means a slouch fighter, but Shevchenko is phenomenal. And then you also have the women's strawweight title, which is Zhang Weili, who again is a phenomenal title holder going up against Rose Namajunas, who again by no means is a slouch um, slouch fighter. But I think both, I think at least the women's titles should stay in the hands of the people they're in. I like to think Jorge Masvidal will take the title, but I, I, I do know Kamaru Usman's record is 18-1, and one, so wishful thinking. Um, yeah, but no, it's, it's a pretty big card uh, tonight. I mean, even the cards that aren't title fights, Uriah Hall and Chris, Chris Weidman. I mean, if you're a UFC fan, I think you at least know Chris Weidman's name for the guy that broke Anderson Silva's leg and got the title back then. Um, and then Uriah Hall's been around for a while. He's a pretty up there fighter, but it's a good card. Um, if I don't know if I'm gonna watch it, I know I gotta work tonight, so I'm probably will miss the uh, 
the prelims, but I'm hoping to get home, possibly uh, watch those championship fights. If not, I'm definitely looking forward to the highlights because they all should be great ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, is there anything – I don't know if we want to talk about it. Is there anything boxing-wise you want to talk about? Nope. Okay. We're, we're just going to swiftly move on from that. Um, Look, golf. he's not a real boxer. That's all I have to say. That's all I'm going to comment on the okay. whole entire thing. Let me let me just preface this by saying um, we're, we're talking about Jake Paul um, knocking out Ben Askren in the first round. Um, I mean – I didn't say this wasn't going to happen, but at the same time, I thought Jake Paul's going to win. I didn't know where he'd win in the first round. I thought Ben at least put up a bad bit of more of a fight. But like Jared said, I, I still don't think he's a real boxer. He, who's he fought? He's fought in a retired wrestler. He's fought in a retired basketball player. And then he's fought a couple YouTubers. Like, you got to fight a boxer if you want to be legit. You're not legit yet. I'm sorry. All right, look, okay. Okay, the fact that you just said that is going to make me do this. So thank you. But no, thank you. Um, look, I, I, a guy who's watched UFC as much as I have, a guy that knows Ben Askren, um, I don't, I, I honestly am, I'm questioning that fight. I don't know. I, I'm not one to question the legitimacy of things, but you also have to remember we're talking about Jake Paul here, you know, the YouTuber who sets up all these things, has all this money. Um, there's two things that really has me wondering. The first is, why did Ben Askren not move when Jake Paul threw his punches? Ben Askren is a MMA fighter. You know, he's got good reactions. He, he just kind of stood there. He didn't even move his hands. And I'm sorry, but Jake Paul is not that fast with his hands where he's not even going to have time to move. Um, and the other one is... Why was he not allowed to get back up and start fighting? Ben Askren has taken far worse beatings than what he took in that first round, and he was standing up, and the referee called it. I don't get that at all. So I don't yeah. know if that questions the legitimacy of the fight, but as somebody that's watched Ben Askren, as somebody that's watched UFC, I am questioning why that happened that's obviously because i've seen him i i've seen highlights and stuff and i've seen him take 10 times 15 times worst hits and been almost completely fine than jake paul's hit so if you do you can question the legitimacy of it and like i said jake paul's not fought a real boxer yet get, yeah. get him against one of the professional boxers and if he wins fair play he's legit he's still not legit in my book I know every, every fight, every fight, he gets more and more legit to people. I'm still not there yet. He still needs to fight an actual boxer. Ben Askins a retired wrestler. He's not good competition. That's what Jake Paul did. He, he picks terrible competition to make himself look good. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay, don't say terrible competition. Ben, ben boxing. Did you see Ben Askren? I'm sorry, he's not a good boxer. No, he's not, but, I mean, Ben Askren is a UFC fighter, so it, it's I understand, not like I understand he's a UFC fighter, but in terms of boxing, he's not good, and not to mention he's, like, 35, 36. I mean, I, mean, I know he, he can still be good at that age, but, like, still. And also in the Waynes, he just did not look in shape either. I mean, yes, I, I, I do agree. I, again, I think it's a big 
money stunt and all that stuff. And but you, you got to give Ben Askren a little bit of credit there. Yes, he is a the, his his forte is wrestling. Obviously, you know he's a phenomenal wrestler. But Ben Askren does know how to strike. He is a better opponent than the last couple ones he's fought by a mile. But that's I don't not- Nate Robinson lasted longer than him. Okay, Ethan, we're moving on. I'm not going to let you talk like this about this stuff. No, I, I'm just, in terms of UFC fighter, Ben Askren's amazing. I'm just saying in terms of a boxer. No, but, but Ben he, Askren's better no, by he, he had like a couple months to train. Jake Paul's been training for the past three years. If, if give Ben Askren a year to train, he'd probably win. Maybe. That, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying there's definitely there's definitely a difference. You could tell the difference in skill level in terms of boxing, and it's because of the training length. I don't think so. Okay. Have we talked about the Masters? Do we know who won? I think so. Have we? I, mean, I, I know who won. I'm just saying have we even mentioned the fact that the Masters finished up? If we didn't, I guess we can just say – uh, Hideki Matsuyama won. Um, it was actually kind of interesting. It was he, he was kind of in the lead the whole last day, but then I think it was Alexander Schaffle, um kind of came back and was like really close. And then I think Schaffle had a bad hole that got him a triple bogey, and then that kind of just sealed the deal. Ethan, you pronounced the name Xander, not Xander. Oh, Xander. Come on. I won't. I won't speak on that. Although. That's not the guy that I think we should be talking about. I think the guy we should be, the guy that we should be talking about is Will Zalatoris, who's not even a full time PGA Tour member and got second place, um, just one back from Matsuyama. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I believe, I don't even know how old he is. I'm pretty sure that he is early twenty. I mean, he's, a young guy. he's a young guy. He's twenty four. So I mean, this guy could be on the tour for a really really long time. And yeah, the next already season, almost winning the Masters. 20, 30 years. So I'm, I'm, it's not a hot take, but I could definitely see him winning the Masters in his career at least one. All right. We'll see about that. I'll hold that to you. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, I know we're trying, I know we kind of tried to get as much as we possibly could before we got to the NFL, but. I don't know if there's much else left to skip around until we uh, until yeah. we hit. So I guess we can talk about the NFL news, then we'll do our mock draft. Um, so what, what NFL news do you have, JR? Well, I mean, the big one is, and I say this and I'll explain myself, but the rich have gotten richer, and I'm talking about the Chiefs because, you know, I made this big deal that they signed Joe Thune and their offensive line was going to be amazing. Well, what did they just go out and do the other day? They went out and signed or, or, or traded for Orlando Brown with their first round pick, which in my opinion, as um, as you'll soon see with the mock draft, I had the Chiefs taking an offensive line, uh, an offensive lineman. So they pretty much gave up that first round pick where I had them taking an offensive lineman just to get an established, you know, veteran star tackle. Yeah, the Chiefs, obviously the biggest criticism um, of the Chiefs, especially in the Super Bowl, was their offensive line, not really giving Patrick Mahomes time to throw. Obviously, they have addressed that need, um, and that's an understatement. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, there was there was a number of injuries that night. I mean, yes, I, I, would, I would agree, but 
Um, but yeah, Baker Mayfield will be in Cleveland through 2022, barring any trades, which I don't see happening. Um, no. You know, as much as people like to hate on him, he brought the Browns to the playoffs. So, um, yeah. I guess – right I mean, again, maybe if he doesn't have the best of years this year, they may consider trading him in the offseason, but we'll see. I, I don't think you trade somebody that you just picked up their – well, I guess he would be a contract – I don't know. I it is almost like a contract year this year for him, right? Well, no, they just picked up his fifth year option, so he's good. Well, yeah, no, I guess it would be because if his fifth year option would be this coming season, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't see them moving on from him, especially what he's been able to do with them. I mean, they finished eleven and five this year, and they've been on an uptrend ever since. Um. Yeah, that's honestly it. Uh, the, the big thing is obviously the NFL draft, and we'll get into that real shortly. Um, I know there are some, you know, there's some tra- uh, trade rumors talking about moving back, moving up in the draft. And the Cardinals are there, the Panthers are there, the Lions are there. There's a bunch of teams that are looking to move picks. Yeah. Um, outside of that, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Um, I really don't think there's anything else. I do want to say real quick, none of those trades, nothing's happened based on those trades. Usually those trades happen sort of really close to draft night or even on draft night. So um, be on the lookout for that, obviously, if you're watch, planning on watching the draft like we are. You sure you're planning on watching the draft, huh? Yeah, I am. Well, not the first 20 picks. Well, yeah, okay. But I'll, I'll, I'll have stuff going on. But so anything else or do we want to get into it? I think it's time we get ready for our mock okay. draft. So we are going to do an NFL mock draft. Um, this is me and JR, um, and this is going to be the first round only. Um, we, we think a seven-round mock draft would obviously take way too long to do um, and all that. So we're, we're just going to keep it short and simple with the first round, um, see who your team can get in the first round based on what we say. So now, I, I do want to point out, first off, we decided that there would be no trades. Um, I think me and Ethan have accounted for the Chiefs and Ravens trade, so the 31st pick is the Ravens pick. Yes. in our draft um along with that i don't know how you picked this ethan but this is partially because my picks are partially based on what i think they're going to take and what i think they should take which are two very different things yeah i did um, based off maybe needs and maybe who they should take we'll see you'll you'll I'll, you'll hear my explanation with the third overall pick i think uh now i i will preface this by saying we did talk a little bit last night about it and jr's a little nervous about what i'm gonna say so i am a little nervous um without further ado i guess we'll just go pick by pick um, you want to go pick by pick or you want to go one through five it's up to you We'll go pick by pick. I want to discuss pick by pick. I'm afraid you're going to say something. And I'm not going to remember what I want to say. You're not going to be able to catch it. So I guess as a trend, I'll just, I guess I'll just go first for us. So number one, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, this is pretty unanimous at this point. I've got them taking Trevor Lawrence quarterback out of Clemson. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a major problem if that management does not take this generational talent in Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's been on display the last couple years at Clemson I think he is undoubtedly the best prospect when it comes to quarterback in this draft yes um number two the New York Jets I have them taking Zach Wilson quarterback out of BYU 
I think Zach Wilson uh, is the right pick there. Obviously, I think that's kind of also a little bit consensus. I know there's a little bit more talk, but I think that one, two is, you know, what's yeah. going to happen. Um, number three, the 49ers. Um, I'm taking Mac Jones pullback out of Alabama. Good, you changed it because I know you told me that you had them. I was thinking Trey Lance. Trey Lance, but I changed it to Mac Jones. Yeah, no, I have Mac Jones, and this is the one that really prompted me to say what I said before we drafted. Um, Ethan, last time we were on the podcast, he asked me, who are my top five quarterback prospects in the draft? Um, Mac Jones was six for me. But uh, I don't like it. I don't like the pick, but why would the 49ers throw out this whole smoke screen about picking Mac Jones at three if they're not going to do it? I mean, yeah. they're not going to get Wilson. They're not going to get Lawrence. So why even – say something about Mac Jones at three if it's really not up to any other team. Yeah. Um, number four, this is where it could get a little interesting. Um, actually, no, you know what? My pick's probably going to be different. So you go first. Why? Because I feel like if I say mine, you're just going to disagree with it right away, and then we're going to go. Nope, it's your duty to go first. So for the Falcons – Okay, did you take an offense player for the Falcons? Just say it, Ethan. Kyle Pitts, tight end Florida. I don't know why that's controversial. Most mock drafts have him going there. What about you? That's where I have him going. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. Anyway, the Bengals at five. I've got them taking Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. Uh, I think that's the stupidest decision ever, even though it probably will happen because that's such a Bengals thing to happen. Um, the right pick there is Penai Sewell. Obviously, Burrow needs some help back there after what happened this past season. And um, Jamar Chase isn't going to get the ball if Burrow can't throw I'm it. I'm saying because A.J. Green left. Okay, so they still have – Well, like I said, I may see what the, I think they will pick. And you, like you said, you probably think the Bengals will take Jamar Chase even though they need something else. And that's what I kind of took it off as. I don't think they will take Jamar Chase. I think there's a lot there's, there's a lot more of a possibility of it happening, though, than yeah. there should be. Um, the Dolphins at six, I've got them taking Jalen Waddle, wide receiver Alabama. That's interesting. You have both of them over Devontae Smith. We'll see. Yeah. Why? Um, I don't – obviously, Jalen Waddle, because of his, like, speed. I mean, the, the Dolphins have Devontae Parker. Who's, uh, do you consider Devontae Parker a speed guy? Not really. So they kind of need like a speed guy, and then also Tua and Jalen Waddle connection. I know you can say that with um, Jalen uh, Demonte Smith as well, but so what? But okay, I mean, yes, that 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 was my one question, but you kind of you kind of uh, dodged the bigger one. Why Devonte Smith over Jamar Chase, or Jamar Chase over Devonte Smith? I don't know. I just think. If Jamar Chase would have played this year, there, I'm not gonna say he would have won the Heisman, but he would have put up stats equal, or maybe even a little better than Devontae Smith. In my, in my, why, opinion. why, why do you think that? Well, did you see what he did last year with even with Justin Jefferson on the team? Yeah, I, I, I just think he's slightly better, I and mean, I, it, it pains me to say it too, but. All right. Well, 
I also do have Devontae Smith. Oh, no, actually, no. I have Devontae Smith over all three of the wide receivers at pick six to the Dolphins. I think Devontae Smith, purely because of uh, Waddle's ankle injury, would go higher than him. And the reason why I have him over Jamar Chase is not because I think he's better than Jamar Chase, um, but it's simply because I think Tua would like that chemistry that he already has with him. So that's why that's, I went. That's, that's why six. I picked Jalen Waddle there. And then, so seven for the Lions, I've got them taking Devontae Smith. Obviously, losing Kenny Galladay, you need kind of a wide receiver there. So I've got them taking Devontae Smith. Yeah, I don't even know who their wide receiver number one is because not only is Kenny Galladay gone, so is Marvin Jones Jr. Um, I took Jamar Chase here. Okay. So the Panthers, I'm going to give them Penai Sewell out of um, the O-line out of Oregon. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, they need they O-line need help, and he's the best O-lineman available. I mean, there's a lot of mock drafts couple months ago that had him going number two overall to the Jets. I mean, I agree with that, but that's also before they traded. Um, that's also before they traded Sam Darnold. But, I mean, give me a second here. I think they're going to give Sam Darnold a year to d- try. So, my question to you is, why take a tackle? Why take a tackle? Who are their tackles? Taylor Motone and Greg Little. There you go. I don't think that's a good there you go. Greg Little was – he's young and Taylor well, Motown. You want some O-line help for Sam Darnold or tackle help for, some, for Sam Darnold. If you want him to succeed, you get him, you get him the good O-line. They've already got a pretty good O-line. But I think they make it even better. Uh, Eastern. They're probably going to trade that pick back anyway. Uh, that's, I mean, yes, that is my opinion. They'll probably trade that pick back anyway. But their middle linebacker is Denzel Perryman. I mean, that's fair. Not, not the, not the most well-known of names there. Yeah, not next year in my mock draft. I have been taking Micah Parsons. I've said it before. I think Micah Parsons is a phenomenal talent that's severely underrated, even being a top ten, top fifteen projected pick in nearly every mock draft. I have him going to the Panthers. Um, I don't see a need for offensive line that much, especially at the tackle position at least. Um, I want to give Sam Donald a year. They have good wide receivers. I just – I like Micah Parsons that much. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, the, the Broncos at nine. See, this this is another contract. I've got them taking Justin Fields out of Ohio State. It took me a long time to have that pick. I tried to figure out every single other way to go about this, but this is another one where it's like the Mac Jones pick where I think they're going to go quarterback, even though I think they probably should give Drew Locke a little bit more time to develop with the young wide receivers and getting Cortland Sutton back. Um, I also don't see them taking Trey Lance because I know there's a big controversy about his uh I guess how well he'll develop because of how raw he is. So I do have them taking Justin Fields. Yeah. Even though I don't like it. Cowboys at 10. Now uh, let me preface this by saying, I I think the Cowboys offense with Dak Prescott was going to be one of the best offenses um, last year. That being said, their defense was the worst defense last year. So I think they need at least something on defense. 
which is why I've, I've got them taking Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. Yeah, that's that's also where I've got them taking. I think I've seen that one virtually everywhere. Yeah. The Giants at 11, this is where I've got Micah Parsons, linebacker to Penn State, going. See, this is where I was a little confused. We talked about this one a little bit um, the other day. And I'm all I'm really, really confused now of what you were talking about yesterday because it does not make sense now that I'm looking at it. I have the Giants taking Rashawn Slater. Um, they messed up big time when it came to Andrew Thomas last year, I think, and they need to give Saquon an offensive line. Um, so I went Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, who is a very, very good tackle in this year's draft. I mean, that's fair. Um, the Eagles at 12, I've got them taking a cornerback, J.C. Horn, um, out of South Carolina. Why would they do that? They need they need cornerback help. Yeah, uh, do you know who their starting quarter, cornerback was? Jalen Mills. No. Who was it? Bradbury, who was arguably a top 10 cornerback last year. Well, they need someone else. They, they, the one quarterback doesn't make up your core. Uh, they also have Jabril Peppers, who was actually pretty good. Um, Xavier McKinney was drafted last year. As a safety. I mean, yeah. So Jabril I'm Peppers is a safety, too. Adoree Jackson just signed there. Really? Yeah, like a month or two ago. Well, the CBS Sports says Adore Jackson's the right cornerback starter for the Giants. Yeah, he's the right cornerback starter for the Giants. Yeah. And James Bradbury's on the left. I'm team for the Eagles. For the Eagles. Yeah. I Micah Parsons going to the Giants. This is I'm talking about the Eagles. Hold on. Wait, wait, so who do you have the Eagles taking? J.C. Horn. Hold on, I'm confused. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm get, I'm still getting on about the fact that I don't like the Giants pick. My bad. My bad. Oh, I thought we moved on. No, no, no. We did, but then I looked at the Giants pick, and I still got mad at what you said yesterday, and I think that you were completely wrong, but I guess I see it. Okay, I, I, I got you now. I got you now. I guess that's fair. Although, Ethan, I mean, I guess I get it, but Darius Slay is there. You've also got Avante Maddox, who both played really well. Um, Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rieger, and Greg Ward. I'm sorry. No, thank you. I'll take Jalen Waddle and pick 12. I mean, I just keep thinking they could have Justin Jefferson last year, but. So? Yeah. They don't have him. Yeah, so 13, the Chargers, this is where I, they need some O-line help, so I've got them taking Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern here. So my question to you is, um, and I guess I'll figure this out, but I so I had Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech. I think the Chargers okay. need not inform him. What was your mind thinking last night when you barely, when you told me that you didn't think a single offensive lineman was at pick 13 and even wasn't in top 15 and you didn't even have Rashawn Slater going in the top 15? 
I don't know. I feel like a lot of people told me they didn't really see O-linemen going from like 12 to like 20 or I don't know. But I looked I, I, I looked back and I was like, I think they need O-lines. So, and I think there's some good O-linemen here. So I've actually got. I, I have four offensive linemen going from pick 11 to pick 18. I have three. Ethan, yesterday you said you didn't have any. Well, now I got three. So oh I did a lot of I did a lot of updating. Okay. Who'd you take? Christian Darisaw of Virginia. Oh, right. Yes. The Vikings at fourteen. I've got them taking an edge rusher here. I've got them taking Quitty Pay uh, out of Michigan. What is with you in names? I don't know. Who do you have? That's also who I have. I think oh. I've seen that a lot. Um, paired up with Daniel Hunter. Uh, I think there are bigger needs at this team, but I don't know if there's any bigger needs they can get right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Patriots at 15. This is actually, I've got Trey Lance going here. I've said this from the longest time. I like Trey Lance going to the Patriots. Yeah. And honestly, maybe the develops here under Cam Newton, because I, I think Cam Newton only signed a one-year deal. So if they really like what they see out of um, Trey Lance, maybe they maybe they say goodbye to Cam Newton and hello to Trey Lance. But if they don't, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, well, I think they should have done that this year anyways. But Yeah. The Cardinals at 16. Um, Jer, what's the Cardinals' biggest need? Take your pick. Oh, oh, lineman, right? Take your pick. Um, Alicia Vera Tucker out of USC. Yeah, I went with uh, interior defensive lineman. I went Christian Barmore out of Alabama. I was a little surprised last night when we were talking, and you said you might not even have Christian Barmore in your first round. I, no, he's 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 somewhere around there. Don't you worry. Okay, I was just a little surprised when you were, you know, talking about him possibly being one of the Alabama players that you have on your draft board that I don't. Um, yeah, no, I, I think you could also go cornerback here. Obviously, I still have J.C. Horn and uh, Caleb Farley on my uh, my mock draft. I would not be upset if we picked either of those two guys, but I do not like our defensive tackle. So. So you don't really think they need an alignment right now? I think we do. Just I think there are bigger needs with the fact that we traded for Rodney Hudson. I mean, that's fair. Um, the Raiders at 17. I've actually got them taking Christian Darisaw here out of Virginia Tech. Uh, I went tackle. I went Alicia Vera Tucker. Um, I think Darisaw is better than him personally. But, but you already have Darisaw gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Miami Dolphins at 18. I've got um, them taking Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa out of um, Notre Dame, the linebacker. I don't like that pick. Why? Middle linebacker is Jerome Baker, who I believe is 24 and a very good young developing talent. Yeah, no, 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 no. Koromoa's like, he's like, you know, he's almost like an Isaiah Simmons. But why would you take another guy like that? Because he can play many different positions. Like, you could put him at a cornerback. You could put him at safety. You could put him at. You could put him at linebacker. He can kind of do a lot of things. All right, Ethan, give me one second. Let me pull up the Miami Dolphins depth chart. Well, here we go. Linebacker Bernard McKinney and Jerome Baker. I think they're set there. Cornerbacks Byron Jones, uh, Xavier Howard, 
They also drafted Noah Igbenogany last year in the first round. I think they're set there. Safeties, Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain, good safety duo there. I think they're set there as well. So I think if you're going to draft the Wosu Koromoa, he's going to be sitting behind somebody, and I don't know why you would do that. I just, I just it's one of those things like, I don't know. All right, well, there's your first pick that I really disagree with. Um, I went Tevin Jenkins. I think you need some more offensive line on that team. I mean, Robert Hunt and uh, Solomon Kinley on the right side. Not a good, not a good one. If you pair Austin Jackson, who's the former USC pick, with Tevin Jenkins uh, this year, I think that'll do to a little bit better. Okay, the foot Washington football team. You're gonna roast me for this one. I've got to hey. take David Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. That is a huge reach. You think it's a it's a reach? I don't even have him in my first round. Okay. Like, not even close. Um, I know they just picked up Curtis Samuel, but I know that the biggest thing that we talked about when we did the Washington football team roster overlook so many months ago was the fact that their top receiver was named Trey uh, – outside of Terry McLaurin was named Trey Quinn. Uh, like I said, obviously they brought in Curtis Samuel, but I have Rashad Baton going here. Um you know, Fitzpatrick's there, so I don't think you could – I think you can wait another year for a quarterback, even if they're terrible. You know, they could fall uh, in the draft next year. Um, but, yeah, no. Oh, I, that's I the NFL news we have. What? Alex Smith retired. Oh, yeah. I mean – But, okay, so Alex Smith retired. Anyway, um, 20, the Bears. I've got him taking Trevor Morig safety out of TCU. Why? Who's, who's at their safety spot? Um, hold on a second. His name is Eddie Jackson, one of the best safeties in football. Why did I do this? Don't get me wrong. Trevon, Trevon Lurig is a great safety, and I think he's going to play a lot like um, – I've heard a lot of comparisons to Minka Fitzpatrick. I just do not at all agree with giving him to the Bears. There is a huge need that you have not addressed with the Bears, and there are multiple guys that you could address it with. All right, who, who do you have them taking? I went with a wide receiver. Um, yeah, you have guys like Darnell Mooney and um, – oh, shoot, who's the other wide receiver that's not named Allen Robinson? Marquise Goodwin or Anthony Miller? Yeah, like they're they're solid guys. Don't get me wrong, but I think you got to give Allen Robinson another guy. Um, Darnell Mooney was good, but I don't think he was anything special. I think if you picked up another wide receiver this year, you could finally give the Bears quarterback something to throw to. That's fair. The Colts at twenty one. I've got them taking Greg Rosso, uh, edge out of Miami. I think personally, I mean, I guess I don't disagree with that pick, but I think that. The defensive side of the ball is so good already. Um, I mean, that's fair. I, I would, I, yeah, I know. So I went, I went, and I just wanted to make their offensive line even better than it already is because why not? I mean, 
I think their worst position on offense is wide receiver, but I don't know why you would draft a wide receiver in the first round for the third time in a row. Um, so I'm going to replace Sam Tavai with Walker Little out of Stanford. Okay. This is another one, the Titans. This is another one. I've got them taking Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. To name another wide receiver on the Titans other than A.J. Brown. Let's go take a look at the depth chart here. Nope, no, no, you cannot use the depth chart. Oh boy, it's not it's not looking too hot. I'm aware. So who do you so you have them taking? I have them taking Terrence Marshall out of LSU. Um I think they need wide receiver desperately after Humphreys and uh Davis left. I mean that's fair too. The Jets. Um, this is another one where I'm not too sure about, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it and see what happens. I've got to take an Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Ethan, what is Caleb Farley still on your board? No, he's not. I had him take go to the Titans. Oh, you just had him go. Oh yeah, yeah you just said that. Okay, I'm sorry. I was so. Even then, I'm pretty sure there are better cornerbacks than. I don't think Eric Stokes is a top 25 pick. I, mean, I do have them taking a corner. The Jets do need a cornerback. Yeah, and that's why I have them taking J.C. Horn here with pick 23. Yeah, I just don't know. Horn's gone for me. Well, yeah, but I don't agree with the fact that you're even bothering with Eric Stokes in the first round. I mean, that's fair. But yeah, the Jets cornerbacks, bless Austin and Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall's not bad. Actually, you know, he is. I just really like his story. Okay. The Steelers, my team and JR's team at 24. I've got them taking Najee Harris running back out of Alabama. I've seen a lot of mock drafts saying this, so I went with it. Yeah, um, I went with the running back. I think Travis Etienne is going to be a little bit better when it comes to the pros than Najee Harris is, so I went Etienne here. Okay. Um, the Jaguars, again, get another pick. I've got them taking – I'm going to take – I'm going to mess this Looking at the draft, I've I've got him taking Tevin Jenkins. You know, Ethan, why do I bother doing? I don't know about offensive line here. I really don't. Um, I mean, just maybe give Trevor Lawrence a little more help. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but I'm also looking at their safeties, and the names are Andrew Wingard and Rudy Ford. <laughs> I've never even heard those names before. No, no, they got Rayshon Jenkins and Gerard Wilson, according to ESPN. I'm looking at the depth chart, and those are the guys that are up front for him. Okay. Even then, even then, I barely know those two guys' names. Yeah. I've still got Trevon Morig on my board, so I'm going to go from uh, pick 25. All right. Um, 26, the Browns. Uh, it was actually kind of hard because the Browns have a decent amount of stuff going on at different positions. However – I I gave him Christian Barmore. That's a smart pick. I'll give you that. Obviously, he's off my board here. I think there are two main needs that they should address, um, and that's middle linebacker and defense uh, defensive tackle. Um, there's no other first-round talent, in my opinion, other than Christian Barmore when it comes to the inside. So I went with linebacker. I still have Jeremiah Wosu-Cormoa on my board. Um, so I went with him at pick 26 to the Browns. 
Okay, the Ravens at 27. Um, and the Ravens do have a 31 overall pick, too. They kept the 27. I'm going to take Creed Humphrey, center out of Oklahoma here. What? Oh, Ethan. What? I thought we were going to get by without completely disagreeing for more than five picks. What? What? I'm sorry, but that Ravens wide receiving core is like the Eagles. Okay. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand where I completely understand where you're coming from, but who's their center? Patrick McCarry. Never heard of him. I just don't think Creed Humphrey's a first-round talent again. I think he's another second-rounder. I think you – a lot of – I mean, to be fair, I do I do agree that a number of the ones we've disagreed on have been not bad picks but more reaches, but I think that's a big reach, just like Zayvon Collins into the mid-round. Um, I went with Brondell Moore at pick 27 because I think they, they need it. They just need they need wide receivers. I mean that's fair too, but I don't know. I feel like I just feel like based on all the off like the offensive line, I feel like they need to go somewhere. I I need to give them something in that. Well, but uh, they still they still have Ronnie Stan or yeah, they still have Ronnie Stanley and Kevin Zietler. Okay. See, I'm, I don't know how I'm feeling about my Saints pick now either. I, you're, I've got him taking Greg Newsome edge out of Northwestern. Greg Newsome. A lot of mock drafts haven't gone there. Give me a second. Hold on. Greg Newsome out of Northwestern. Yeah. He's a cornerback. Wait, what? No, 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 hold on. Ethan, Greg Newsom plays corner, not edge. Someone... Oh, I know what I did. What did you do? <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I thought Greg Roseo again. And then... <laughs> oh, Ethan, come on. We were doing so good. Uh, I, I think Greg Newton actually would work on that. Um, no, I don't disagree. That's why when I heard his name, I was like, oh, great. Ethan picked a cornerback, so I'm not too upset with that. And then you said Edge, and I was like, hold on a second. Am I thinking some reason, that? I don't, some reason I saw – I don't know. Anyway, I still have him there anyway, but – I have cornerback Caleb Farley um, having a cornerback on the Saints team. Probably – I think that's one of their bigger needs. Um, you could argue wide receiver, I think. Or maybe even linebacker, but I, I think with Caleb Farley falling this far in my draft, I think that's the right pick to go with. 
Okay, the Packers at um, 29. I've got them taking Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Missouri. The three teams that need wide receivers the most, you've missed every single one. Actually, even the four, you didn't even give the Titans another wide receiver. You missed on the Eagles, you missed on the Titans, you missed on the Ravens, and now you've missed on the Packers. I have Kadarius Tony out of Florida going there because, and I think it's been said multiple times, Devontae Adams does all the work there. I mean, yeah. I'd say linebacker because their linebackers are Preston Smith, Ty Summers, and Chris Barnes. Preston Smith is good. Yeah, but Ty Summers and Chris Barnes? Devontae Adams and who? Alan Lazard. I love Alan Lazard. No, no. Just pick pick 30. 30, the bill. This is where I have Katarius Tony going. I guess I can see it. Um, I think they need a little bit more pressure off the uh, outside of the blitz. So I went with an edge rusher here. I went with Jason Oway. I don't really know how to say his name. It's out of Penn State. Um, That's right. 40 times. That's where I kind of that's where I have him going. Um, where's it? Thirty-one to the Ravens. Ethan, we talked about the fact that the Ravens would end up just picking another tackle with this pick. Well, yeah, taking one offensive lineman. I guess I have them taking Dylan Renduns out of North Dakota State. Um, it's become pretty apparent that North Dakota State is a great team in the FCS. Maybe not this year as much, but. Um, you know, he's a solid tackle. I think that that's your replacement to Orlando Brown or yeah, Orlando Brown. Okay. Um, the last pick here, the Buccaneers, I have them taking Jalen Phillips, the edge out of Miami. Right. We're going to end on a good note, Ethan. That's also where I have Jalen Phillips landing. Okay. All right. So. That concludes our mock draft. Obviously, some picks. More so, JR wasn't too thrilled about that I made, but. Ethan, you missed on the four biggest wide receiver needing teams. Nah, nah, nah. Jalen Rieger's going to be a star one day. I'm telling you. Ethan, we're not doing cold takes. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Also. the mock drafts I looked at, I didn't really see wide receivers go up in those four spots. But don't you agree that they really need I mean, them? yes, I agree, but I just, I went other places. I don't, I don't know about you, Ethan. Every single time, every single time we do a mock draft. This one might actually be my most least controversial one, too. I would think so, but you still had a number of controversies, including edge rusher out of Northwestern, Greg Newsom, that nobody's ever heard of. I don't know why. So it just like it said edge on one of his like mock draft things. Like, oh, it must be an edge. But I was like, oh, he maybe plays both. So maybe I, I think that's good for them. Maybe he plays both. I, I don't know. Ethan, you should stop talking. That was the least sports intelligent thing I think I've ever heard you say, and we've already talked about some of the worst things you've said on this podcast. Oh, boy. I'm not going to bring them up. All right. Well, 
that that I believe does it for our podcast. Obviously, you just listen to our mock draft. So the draft is Thursday night. So um, um, if you want to stay tuned and maybe you can see if we got our stuff right. Obviously, we'll be checking our mock draft to see how well we did. I, I'm assuming some people will do more better than others based on some of the picks made here. But um, yeah, anything else to add, Jim, before we sign off here? Uh, I don't think so. Um, you know, always good to look out for all of our interviews and our, you know, future podcasts. All right. So as always, thank you very much for watching and for Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Zarek. And we're signing off.